If you have listened to or watched the previous two episodes of Relationship Radio, you may have a ton of questions. We're going to try to answer some of those questions in this episode. What we're talking about, we started off actually saying, why is it that some people get to the point where they say, I really now want to go back and sow my wild oats. From that, we evolved into talking about how people change, why they change, and whether those changes can be good or bad. And in the course of our conversation, my daughter, Kimberly, who is our CEO, has been writing on question after question after question <laughs> that we need to answer for you and for us. Hi. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Relationship Radio, which is a part of what we do at Marriage Helper. Kimberly, as I said, is our CEO, and we exist to help people with relationships. Now, just to set the stage before I hand it back to Kimberly, we talked about if you haven't watched the previous two episodes, I encourage you, please go watch them first. Please. Or listen, if you're listening. Or listen, podcast. if you're yeah. listening. Good. I forget we're not all video. And some people, even on video, you know, they'll look at you and then turn my part off because it's like, <laughs> yeah, Conan in a recent commercial has been stealing my line I've used for years. I've got a face for radio. And now Conan's doing a commercial where he says that. And so here's what we said on the other two things summary, but it won't make sense if you haven't gone back and listened to those. Whoever or whatever is important to you, most important to you, has a strong influence over what you believe to be true. And what you believe to be true determines your value system. Now, that will make a lot more sense if you listen to or watch the previous two episodes. So, Kimberly, let's start there. One of the examples that you gave in the last episode was about how our belief systems are not always completely solid. They have holes. They have gaps. Mm -hmm. And part of what can lead us to change our beliefs and values is when we begin to fill the gaps with mm -hmm. something else. So, I have two different ways that I want to take this. Okay. So the first one is back when you had your affair years ago, decades ago, many years ago, before I was born, you were a preacher. So from that sense, like you had what seemed to be a solid beliefs and values system. That's correct. But apparently it had gaps because you went from preacher, you know, speaking schedule booked out years in advance all the things to abandoning your beliefs and values for a period of time. So are you saying that you could have filled your gaps better, that you could have been a better Christian, so to say, and not have had that affair? Is it because of the gaps that you didn't fill that led you to do that? I don't think that they were the absolute cause, but they were definitely contributing I don't think anybody will ever get to a belief system that's perfectly filled in. Mm -hmm. there, there's so many things we believe and there are little gaps here, there and everywhere. And, and those gaps can of course work against us. But in my case, it's a classic situation as with many cases we've worked about where that a person who was way down here gradually, because of the attention I gave her and the time I spent with her and the conversations we had, et cetera, worked up to where she became the most important. And then I had to make a decision. Do I, want to let her be the most important thing in my life? Or do I want to stay with my belief in the system that I had before that had been weakening mm -hmm. as she went up that ladder? The higher she went up that ladder, the weaker these things got. But why? Why did that happen simultaneously? Okay. To allow me to continue the because conversations. Because of the cognitive dissonance. Right. Okay. So when cognitive dis dissonance happens, the two things that you put on the altar to be sacrificed are either your current beliefs and values or your current emotions, like the way you feel about something that you're doing. Yeah, that's one way to say it. 
And so then you are choosing which one you're going to kill and which one you're going to let live. Yeah. Ellen, I don't think you think of it in terms of killing it. I think it's that you just ignore it until it dies. It, it mm. dies by itself. And understand that anytime emotions, particularly very strong emotions, are competing with anything, mm-hmm. the emotions have the edge. That's how con men and women have worked over the centuries. I can take all your money from you because once I get your emotions going, and it's also how seduction has worked over the centuries. If I can get your emotions strong enough, then then that will overcome your belief system and your value system. And that's when people look at you and go, I don't know how I even did that. I, I mean, that's so against who I had always been. But at the time I did it, it was like this was everything to me. And so can, can people use other people in that process? So for example, if, if I want to become a country music star, rock star, television actor, movie actor, whatever it might be, as I'm going up that ladder, I may wind up using other people, even destroying other people in the mm-hmm. process, because that becomes so important to me. And the emotions of my being that person mm-hmm. and, and the emotions I feel are so strong that even if my belief system before had been treat people with respect and dignity, and, and therefore my belief and value system was you do what builds people up according to their needs, you don't do anything that causes harm, those will, will modify as I'm going up the ladder. Okay? So the, it's a complex relationship, as you said earlier. And, and because my morals are never perfect or my values are never perfect anyway, I'm always going to have some flaws. If, if this can change slowly enough that I'm not eaten up by guilt, mm-hmm. then they can finally become totally different. My self-image is totally different. And I will be a person that people look at me and go, I don't know who you are. Okay. I want to come back to that in a minute of, I want to go back to the conversation of how, of filling the gaps before something terrible happens. Mm -hmm. But another example. So I was having a conversation the other day with, with a friend I have who he and I don't, don't share a similar set of beliefs and values, but I was explaining to him about when, when people have affairs and sometimes the, the wife who so so let me let me paint this this picture as the example there's a couple the husband is having an affair the wife is so scared of being alone that she doesn't doesn't call an ultimatum she doesn't say you know you need to end that or you know she doesn't set boundaries around it like we teach but instead just says do what you want like just do this because i'm i'm more scared of losing you than trying to get you to stop doing that. And so he said to me, well, if that's going to be a situation that happens, wouldn't it be better if the husband would just go to the wife and say, so there's something I'm missing in our relationship. And I think I would be fulfilled by it by having an open marriage. So would you agree to that? And I said back to him, There's no way, because there was a specific wife I was talking about in this situation. I said, there's no way that this person, because an open marriage goes completely against this wife's belief and value system. And he said, but she ended up doing it anyway. And I didn't have an answer for that because I thought. Because he's right. She did. Uh and and so where where's does that come to in this conversation? So for for this wife, like that's a gap. And, 
And even for this this guy, this other person that I'm telling the situation to, as he's looking at it, for him, his belief in value is, but if you just bring it up on the front end and both of you agree, then everything's fine. So there's a bigger overarching question here, which I keep coming back to, which is, where do you put your stake of what good is? Because I would look at an open marriage, and we've talked about it on this podcast in previous episodes, as of course that is not something that you should agree to, because take the faith part out of it, research even aligns that it's not going to lead to a healthy relationship. So what is good? Okay. When, when people have a similar view of deity, Mm -hmm. a similar view of God, and, and they both have him Mm -hmm. in a, in a very high position, then their beliefs and values are going to be tend to be similar. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, on the other hand, their views of God are divergent so that his view of God is this and her view of God is that, okay, then as they both get closer to their God, they get further from each other. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's look at it then not in terms of that. If you don't believe there is a God or don't want to work from that premise, and if you say, okay, let's work from the premise about what is best for humanity. Mm-hmm. Because the premise has to be something. Yeah. Okay. The, the, unfortunately, the premise that's occurring most often now is what makes me happy in the moment. Right. And by working from that premise, if that's what becomes most important, remember, whoever or whatever has become most important to you. Mm-hmm. And so being happy in the moment is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Then how could you say that a crack addict is doing anything wrong? Because yeah. in the moment. Right. He feels good. He enjoys that. Yeah. And so you have to say, if that's the if that's what becomes most important to me, mm-hmm. whatever makes me feel good in the moment, then we would look at that and say, as researchers, as social scientists, obviously we're Christians, but let's just put that to the side right now. We would say it's destructive. Mm-hmm. It's destroying that person's body. It's destroying that person's mind. It's destroying that person's relationships. And so if that's what you put at the top, can it lead you to do all kinds of things you wouldn't have done before? Yes. Will you be happy in the moment? Yes. In the moment, but those moments don't last hours and days and weeks and months and years. They don't do that. And that's why people keep chasing that high. Look at a person who is a serial adulterer, Mm -hmm. if you prefer the word affair, then that's fine, who goes from one to the next to the next to the next to the next. Whatever they're looking for in the moment, they're happy, but it's not working for them. Yes, agreed. There's also, though, the brain chemicals like dopamine, that pleasure chemical. It's not even the it's not even it's not a pleasure chemical. It's the anticipation of pleasure chemical. And so that's what I keep thinking of as you're talking about this as well. We Mm -hmm. see it huge with a crack cocaine addict, right? They're Mm -hmm. looking for whatever makes them happy in the moment. They're looking to get that same high, that same dopamine high that they got the first time they did the drug, which they'll never get again but they're going to keep trying to chase it. That's right. And so part of, so do, how does that, like the things that are actually happening in your brain that motivate you to seek certain things because you want to feel good align with your beliefs and values and what you're chasing? See, I think it always starts with whoever, whatever is most important to you. It always starts there. Because that's what's going to rewire your brain for what it thinks is pleasurable. That's That's right. right. Because you can change 
what you believe is pleasurable, like how people when they when they begin to get healthier and eat healthier food, they actually have more of a dopamine spike happen when they are about to eat a salad than they do if they're about to eat a candy bar. You can change what your what the dopamine receptors in your brain find pleasurable. Now, I don't understand that. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, and I think you're right. So it still comes back to whoever, whatever is most important to you. Yeah. Okay. And and that you can wind up doing things in violation to your morality, but typically the first things you do, your, your brain still considers as minor, so you don't feel overwhelming guilt, typically. Now, it, you can wind up doing something where you feel massive guilt to begin with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, of course, your beliefs because it's got gaps. And then sometimes you do that compartmentalized thinking where you don't even let two contradictory beliefs touch each other, mm-hmm. which is probably true of the lady you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But the real key to this is what's most important to you. That's really where the key to all this is. What's most important to you? Because you cannot change this permanently mm-hmm. or even long-term. You can't change beliefs. You can't change the values either permanently or long-term. It's this that has to change whoever, whatever is important to you. And in, in that sense, that's why we tell people in our workshops, um, here's what you do to change you. You cannot change the other person. Mm-hmm. You're not going to lecture them out of it. You're not going to argue them out of it. You're not going to guilt them out of it. What's going to happen is you have to change the perception they have of you. And if you can regain the position where that, you become extremely important to them then that will definitely begin to affect the belief system and the value system. Now, it could be there's still something above that. What I mean is, yes, I've gained back up and I'm number two, but being the movie actor is still number one. Mm-hmm. Or, but going out and drinking with the guys on uh, every night is number one. Or Sally Sue is number one. Then that person has more cognitive dissonance. They have more disharmony, more misery. But as long as that stays the most important thing to them. And and so you say, you've been asking the question, so what is good? Mm-hmm. For us who have a, a religion that we believe and follow, then we say, well, the good mm-hmm. is taught to us by religion. For people who say, I'm not religious whatsoever, then I would say you have to evaluate what you have up here. If it's, I want to be happy in the moment, surely you're going to have to figure out at some point that's going to destroy you. And it's going to destroy relationships with people that matter to you because you might walk off and leave your five-year-old child. You, you might walk off, which we have seen happen, for example, or, or you might drink yourself to death or whatever else. And so we would say, at least I would say here, if you're not going to have a benevolent loving deity mm-hmm. for us, that would be God and his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, then I would say the next thing would be this love your fellow man as you love yourself which means not I'm living in the moment to feel happy. I'm looking to do the best for everybody. Because sometimes if that's the most important thing in your life, I'm going to love my fellow men as I love myself. That's going to lead me to sometimes uh, do things I don't want to do because I'm going to do what I believe is right. But as you said, sometimes the dopamine is going to flow just because I'm about to do it, the good thing. Yeah, and, and I start getting fulfillment from feeding the hungry, mm-hmm. uh, uh, adopting children from India, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. so it's always going to have to be what's most important to you over here. That's what really matters. And so if it's like, I want to go back and be a child again, 
Yeah, they're going to go back and sell their wild oats. That's the most important thing to them. But the ultimate result is destructive. The only thing that's going to have a long-term positive result, long-term, for you and the people around you, is love. And when we say love now, we're not talking about that egotistical self-fulfillment feeling. We're talking about doing what's right. That that's what true love really is. That's how you can give a kidney. That kind of love. And so you look at that and go, Will that work? And my answer is yes. But since I can't change what's most important to you, what I do is I try to become the best person I possibly can, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and and become that safe, accepting place where that hopefully I can rise back to the top. Hopefully all the way to the top. If not, then just under the deity or whatever. And I guess that would always be second. And so you look at that and go, there is a principle people can live by no matter what their religion is or isn't, that if we lived by would still result in good. Right. Well, yeah. And that goes back to some of the classes that I took in college too, about there is a universal truth. There is a ingrained in us, a sense of good and a sense of bad and right and wrong and good and evil. And yeah, so it's, so it's, Realizing that I like what you said. It's realizing that no matter what I need to do, not just what's best for me, what's best for my fellow man. But if I am a person of faith, a follower of Jesus, then I need to keep that as my number one. So I have another question about this. So are we going to do another part? Stay tuned, yes. folks, for part four in our next episode of Relationship Radio. In the meantime, we'd love to help you right now if you need help. We would love for you to go to marriagehelper, that's marriagehelper.com slash workshop. And you can find there information about the three-day intensive workshop we do where we can help you rethink who or what's important to you, where you can figure out how to become in another person's life that if anything works, this will work about how you can become the most important to them and therefore rekindle love in the sense that we're talking about. Our, our system works. We'd love to share it with you. We'd love for you to talk to somebody at our organization. Just go to that website and do that. And, and we may be doing part four, five, 89, <laughs> 95, and 112. <laughs> but at least we know at this point we're doing another session about this context, about this topic. We'll see you next week on Relationship Radio.